Welcome to Disney Parks and Beyond, a Disney podcast about theme parks and all things Disney from the After Dark Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of Disney Parks and Beyond. I am Nick and on this slightly bleated episode, I am joined by the best pools in the business, Mr. D. Hi, hello there. And P-Dubs for Washington. Hello. How are you gents? Good, good, good. Yeah, doing good. Excellent, excellent. Um, yeah, this episode's a little bit late because it's half term and that means that uh, schedules for a lot of people are kind of uh, all over the place. So we are here now and that's the main thing. Craig is as far away as humanly possible, which I think for most of our listeners is probably for the best. Uh, he's <laughs> living up in New York. He's in New York. Get me a coffee. So <laughs> about as far as I can go with... Uh, a New York accent, and um, Ryan is is sick at the moment. He wanted to come on, and I basically told him to do one. Yeah, just just like you know, because if you're not feeling well, go and get yourself better. Yeah, in the nicest podcast. possible way. Yeah, exactly. He he's yeah. missed, but he in will Kenny be sharing way. Well, yeah, but he he's he's uh, he's here in spirit, and he has asked us to talk about something which we will talk about in the news section coming up very very shortly but it would be wrong to start this uh podcast episode off without asking what is everybody drinking so mr d what are you drinking i'm uh, i'm two-fisted tonight so uh, on the one hand i've got a nice cup of coffee but that's coming second to my gin and tonic but i'm starting a, a new bottle of gin tonight so i bought my bombay sapphire i just got Ooh. in sainsbury's yesterday other supermarket chains are a course available as are jeans but bombay is um, a good one right he's a good here we go cheers i am i spotted a nice bottle of um cherry rum today Mm. in asda i hadn't seen a cherry rum before so um it was a bit on the pricey side i think it was about 20 odd quid but uh, i thought that might be interesting so i might treat myself to one of those in a few weeks i haven't Mm -hmm. got it now so that's uh, a bit of a mute point for this section. But P-Dubs, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm the same as our Patreon-only show the other day that we did. Um, I've got a licorice tea. A licorice tea. <sighs> we won't say the things we said on that on Disaster. No, no. <laughs> or, or Craig won't, anyway. <laughs> well, no, because he's not here. <laughs> but also, this is a family-friendly show. Um, yeah, I <clears> am <throat> just drinking Cherry Pepsi Max because I have fallen off the wagon in spectacular fashion um i I think the weather's horrible it's wet it's stormy it's windy and i just can't be bothered at the moment (laughs) so that's old old faithful so uh that will tie me over for this episode yeah Um, i was out of the raspberry pepsi max last of it went about an hour ago (laughs) uh, i had had um, i had a cherry pepsi max yesterday actually Oh, at Cine World? No, well, yeah, it's Subway outside Cine World. Yeah, oh. one of those kind of kind of freestyle freestyle light machines, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Don't have all the choices, but uh, yeah. It was okay. Oh, I've seen those. Yeah, mm-hmm. because, um, yeah, a certain chain of restaurants. I don't want to keep mentioning too many brand names because they're not giving us any <laughs> money. But no. uh, there is another 
a restaurant chain that uses um, mm-hmm. Brit products and they have a similar touch. I think I know the one you mean. Yeah. Is that, is yeah, that a chicken well. based? Is that a chicken based restaurant? No, no, actually, oh, okay, I was thinking, I was right. thinking of um, what you're supposed to do at the end of summer, actually, to your crops. But um, that is oh, a good cryptic yeah, uh, yeah. clue for our you. listeners. But, See, um, I was thinking of another one. Oh yeah, my yeah, god! I, I, went, <laughs> I went in a completely different direction for a minute until oh, you had on, the I'll, crop thing in. I want to hear. I want to hear P Dub's cryptic clue. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Oh, it's the people that make beer, and um, kind of a circus. You're not going to get it from that at no, all. No, definitely not. <laughs> oh, answers on a po- postcard, please, listeners. That's a good one. Um, because that's totally throwing for a loop. So, um, we'll get off um, coming up with tricky puzzles of famous. Uh, UK restaurant chains and I think we'll go and have a look at the news that's happening in the parks After Dark Podcast is sponsored by HHNunofficial.com the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumours all year round. Find us on the web at www.hhnunofficial.com So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. So, um, I want to get this story kind of out of the way quite quick, quickly because I don't want to. I mean, number one, as you can hear, I can't talk properly for some reason. I keep saying odd letters instead of the the words I'm trying to say. Um, maybe I haven't had enough Pepsi yet. But um, yeah, we don't talk about politics on this very often. It does sometimes slip in, but uh, we know politics is quite. Uh, decisive so but i thought this this wanted a bit of a talk um there was a very small maga rally outside disney world the other day did anyone see this i I read something i didn't read into it but i i did see something pop up yeah it's i mean the reason why i kind of like we had to um we had to kind of uh mention it is uh, one of the things they brought with them was a large cardboard cutout of Mickey Mouse wearing a MAGA t-shirt and a Make America Great Again hat. Uh, this was by the um, one of the signs on the drive into uh, Walt Disney World property. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like he's holding a gun, but it's a funny angle, so maybe he's not. That might be a bit too far, but um, even even so, um, yeah, I just I just think it's in bad taste. I know American politics is is at a very weird juncture at the moment. With I wouldn't say we're passionate here in the UK, but you know we're quite vocal about what we think about America, rightly or wrongly. 
um, and how the country is is run more so now than ever like we've always because of the close relationship we've always been vested and uh, interested in what's been going on in america but i think you know with this latest presidential you know campaign and win and what's happened over the last few years uh, i think more than ever we've been quite interested and talking about it quite a lot i just don't really like the fact that you know you're now using characters in this way to kind of get your message across. I mean, obviously Disney would be fuming about it. That's number one, because they obviously remain neutral. They don't want any of their stuff used for for political gain or discourse. But um, yeah, it was just such an odd thing that had happened. I thought we need to kind of mention it. But I think, just to say, and not that this needs to be said, really, this this shouldn't need to be said, but whether you're a Democrat, whether you're a Republican, whether you like Trump, whether you hate Trump, theme parks are not really the place to start trying to spread your rhetoric. You know, leave theme parks are fun places for families. It does not need to be, you know, ha- have religion thrown all around it, nor does it need to have political messages thrown all around it and please don't do it it's it's the one place you go to get away from that stuff this is supposed to be a bubble really as you say it's supposed to be somewhere where you forget about the outside world and just enjoy you know and celebrate this company and the things that you know have meanings to you and making memories of your families and stuff like that you can't stop people wearing MAGA t-shirts. And I, I keep saying MAGA, I know that, you know, people on both sides of the political spectrum are going to have their own t-shirts for you know, people like Bernie Sanders or, you know, whoever. But it does seem to be a lot more with Trump supporters that they have to wear stuff all the time. And Disney can't, I mean, they can ask you not to, but I don't think they're going to chuck somebody out just for wearing uh, a MAGA T-shirt or a MAGA hat. But, you know, we we saw that bloke that took banners into the parks and stuff like that. There's just no need. Really no yeah, need. Yeah, I mean, that's, <clears throat> that's against the park rules, isn't it? You're not yeah. allowed to protest or demonstrate or put up any banners within the parks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, that, that guy was, was rightfully turfed out. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, just don't do it, guys. If you mm-hmm. want to wear a t-shirt, if you feel that you 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 need to wear a t-shirt, well, I suppose that's, that's that's your choice. But leave all these demonstrations, especially don't like use cartoon characters to spread your messages. It's it's wrong on 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 either side, you know. This is is a Trump thing. Um, Trump seems to be more, or, or Trump supporters seem to be more vocal for whatever reason. So that's why it's this and that. But I'm talking about everyone, whatever parties you're aligned to and whoever you want to be your next president. Just just leave it out of the parts. That's all, please. Let's just have somewhere that we don't have to worry about the outside world, eh? You said Trump. (laughs) (laughs) Again, a a reference that is over most of our listenership's heads because uh, Trump in England means something completely different than it does yeah. outside of the UK. Um, so yeah, so I wanted to to mention that. And 
I am, before I throw it over to everyone else, I'm going to bring up uh, Ryan's story that he wanted us to discuss, um, which he, he posted from a website called Inside the Magic. He sent us a link to I'm not sure. Why I've heard of them. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I think I've heard of them as well. Um, they've got a very weird article on there, actually, talking about the Tower of Terror becoming uh, Nakatomi Plaza, what a good idea that would be. I mean, I've never I don't heard know. that before either. No, I don't, know what, I don't know what kind of person would write an article like that based on one of our ideas, but fair play to them. Um, but uh, the story you wanted us to, to bring up, and I think this is quite an important one, is Cinderella's Castle is getting a permanent makeover. Now It's going to be a busty kick again. Well, fingers crossed. It's going to be a cup kick this thing. All of us loved the uh, 25th anniversary birthday cake, right? I just missed it, actually. Did I'd like really? to have seen it. Yeah, I'd like to have seen it. Did I'm you sure... see, the, see the big Mickey hand on top of Epcot? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because that was never very long either, was it, actually? Yeah. The, um, I'm sure I've told this story before, but Lindsay's first ever trip to Disney World was in 96. So it was during that 25th anniversary celebration. So I think for a long time, she didn't realise that wasn't what the castle was supposed to look like. <laughs> because that's what she saw. And in those days, kind of pre-internet and stuff like that, what are you going to question? You've, you've seen it with your own eyes. So uh, she actually... A lot of people slagged it off, right? It's, it's kind of unique, isn't it? I mean, you know what I mean? It's, it was different at least, you know? And yeah. it's something to talk about, something to take pictures of, something to look at. Yeah, I, I, you know, I didn't get to see it, right? And yes, it was garish, and yes, it was a bit, bit outlandish. But like you say, it was something different, and it was celebrating a birthday, you know, celebrating a big anniversary. And you know, I think it was a bit of fun. Did it you outstay? Try something well? different, don't you? Well, that's it exactly. Um. You know, did it did it outstay its welcome? Yes, that can be argued. But then that's Disney's policy of you know announcing a twenty fifth or you know a big anniversary celebration and then running with it for another eighteen months. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't hate it as much as some people do. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's something that's always been quite um, decisive. Now. I think, P-Dubs, we've talked about on Discover DLP the fact that Sleeping Beauty's castle is about to have a big refurb. Yeah, yeah, that's set to go go down, I think, after the summer. Yeah, uh, again, they haven't really announced it. And I, the only thing I don't like when Disney do these announcements about, you know, the castle's going down for refurbishment or anything like that, I think they could probably release that information earlier. And the reason why I say that is because the amount of people angry on social media in the last day or so after this announcement was made public because their holidays are now ruined because of the castle. You know, in one way, I get it because by announcing it late, people have booked their holidays and so they're not going to pull out of them. But had you been more transparent about what was going on, people wouldn't have booked those holidays and would have booked them for another time. 
especially when they they know this 50th anniversary is coming up it's not like they haven't been planning for this for years yeah yeah this this must have been on the table for for a good while about getting it done for the 50th anniversary um i'll be completely honest if i was told that disney were you know refurbing the castle and that meant that it was going to be under tarpaulin or um you know it, there'd be cranes involved or, or whatever and so the castle wouldn't look you know pristine i'd probably still put my holiday i i you know I, I i'm somebody that loves a disney castle but it doesn't make or break my holiday my holiday is not ruined because there's a crane behind cinderella's castle the last time I went to Magic Kingdom, it was when they were building those <clears throat> external turrets <clears throat> with the yeah, was, the new area, and it didn't bother me at all. That was 2010, wasn't it? Uh, 20, no, it was later than that. It was 2014. I'm sure, I'm sure in my honeymoon photos, and that would have been 2010, I'm sure the crane was in the background then. Yep. But, I mean, that, that's, there's a cr- crane up every couple of months. Yeah, there's the Christmas mean, lights and all sorts. Yeah, I mean, this isn't the first time they've done a refurb or anything like that. And I didn't think, oh, damn the Disney company for ruining my honeymoon because now the photos don't look as good. You just need to get work done. That's it. And unfortunately, sometimes it's going to fall into. Um, those plans. By the sound of it, it's not even going to be as long as the Disneyland castle was. No, well, it, it depends on how extensive, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. they've put, they've released like it because this was all announced because it was Cinderella's 70th anniversary this week. Um, not bad for a film that's that old. It doesn't look that that old, does it? But they have um, they've released a side by side comparison about what the castle is going to look like after the refurb. I don't know if you've seen this picture, but one just looks like it's a bit darker than the other. <laughs> it doesn't look that different to me. No. You what know, they're just... changing is they're taking the blue out and putting gold in. Well, they're keeping some of the blue. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it, it looks like the, the castle's going to be more grey at the bottom. With the the remaining castle being the same colour as it was before, um, but it it doesn't look like it's going to be that extensive. Um, it, you know, it's all it says is uh, it's going to start in the next few weeks and it's going to continue into the summer. So a few months, really. Mm-hmm. You know, if it starts if it starts in March five six months yeah possibly tops yeah yeah but yeah i just i I, for me i just don't understand why it gets everyone in such a tease i mean i can understand you know i can understand people being disappointed that's fair enough but it it yeah you shouldn't take it to the point where it spoils your holiday you're you're probably overthinking it if that's the case there's always something under refurbishment at Disney World, you know. Um, there's been times when we've gone and there's been some of our favourite rides have been have been down, like 
fucking roller coaster or something like that. And you just got to kind of take it on the chin and get on with it. Still got to have a great holiday. Still a huge number of fantastic things to do and see. Well, Lindsay went three times to Disneyland Paris. Like over, I don't know, a two, two and a half year period. And every time she went, Pirates of the Caribbean was closed. Her favourite ride. That literally happened to me at every park for about three years. Right, and and that's what it is. Like, there is no good time. Uh, You know, similar case, but people were moaning because Buzz Lightyear at Disneyland Paris is closed for four months. Closed, it's been dismantled. Well, because it needs a massive reverb. Yeah. And people say, well, my kid's obsessed with Toy Story. What are they going to do? Well, take him next door to Toy Story Land. There's, there's a land there. It's got free attractions. Better theming. Go do that. You know, you, you like because the nature of these like parks, you're never going to get a perfect holiday in which every ride is going to be working, that, you know, there's no refurbishments going on at things that you care about. Because they constantly have to do work. That's maintenance. That's what needs to happen. So... Yeah, I get it's annoying for those for you know the majority of people, but you're not going there just for the castle. You're going there for everything else that is is within those parks. So don't sweat the small stuff. Just think you're lucky enough to be going. Think about that. Think how many people would love to be on that holiday. Crane or no crane. Any so, unworn. Any unwanted holidays, please remember me. Yeah, I'm <laughs> quite happy to take them off your hands. <laughs> um, I get first dibs. I then distribute through the rest of the podcast fan. Fair enough. As um, long as you remember who your friends are. <laughs> of course. Of course. Most of you here. Um, so, Mr. D, was there anything that's uh, piqued your interest in the parts this week? Uh, yeah, there's, there's a few few things. Um uh, the, on the twenty second, it's the last day of the Star Wars show on the stage in front of the Chinese Theatre. Don't know if you'd uh, seen that or, or picked that one up. Um, I mean, I guess they've got Galaxy's Edge is open and Rise of the Resistance is open, so they're they're dialing back Star Wars and the rest of the park, and then also you've got Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Is getting ready to open. In fact, I think they've maybe started. Um, well, cast member previews, I think, are just about to start. They are, yeah. Um, so they probably want to clear that area of the park right in front of the Chinese theatre. But uh, yeah, it's a good little show. Shame they can't relocate it somewhere in Galaxy's Edge or near Galaxy's Edge, but I guess that might not quite fit with the theming. Um, so yeah, that's the end of that. I hope they keep the Star Wars firework show because that is awesome. That is a fantastic show. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do with that because obviously, and I mean, I'm obviously speculating because I don't work for Disney, but I would have thought that Star Wars show was introduced because of the fact that the great movie ride was was gone. Yeah. And they were, you know, changing the insides of that for the new attraction. And mm-hmm. so because it's closed... Put on some entertainment in front of it, and uh, you you know 
designed to distract you from the fact that you know one of the big attractions in that park had have been down yeah. um, i think the problem is it takes up a lot of real estate doesn't it like yeah, the stadium is quite big yeah. um so it's not going to be particularly easy to move you could do a smaller version of it possibly in galaxy's edge and they have got that stage area haven't they mm-hmm. um towards the back of the park so maybe they'll incorporate some of it into that i don't know i, I suppose in terms of theming the characters are all there yeah aren't they so it could work but um mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's a uh, it's a shame, but yeah. funny that you mentioned Mickey and Minnie's because uh, I don't know if you saw this, but they've announced that it's going to be um, two um, stories in one attraction. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't know how it's, I don't know how it's going to work, mm-hmm. but it says there's going to be an A and a B story. Yeah, that's good. I like your sound on <laughs> Literally, so they haven't changed the ride track at all mm-hmm. well may, maybe that's it because when i th- yeah. saw this i thought well actually the great movie ride did the same thing yeah so that i, I thought that was quite an interesting bit i wonder how they're going to incorporate it and how different it's going to be um obviously we've seen with rise of resistance as well that's although you you have to do both elements anyway but that's you know, kind of two different things in one attraction, isn't it? So, I, I'm I'm all for this. I I, th- I think mm-hmm. that's the future of attractions. Really, give you reasons to come back and do it again. Yeah. You know, Star Tours does it, but does I don't think does it as well as it should do. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm all for it. I'm, I'm really excited to see this this mm-hmm. uh, this new attraction. Yeah. Um, and as I'm not going to Disney World anytime soon, I will be watching a video as soon as there's one available. You lot going soon, you can you can avoid everything, but I certainly will be interested in seeing footage from the uh, the new attraction. So. Yeah, so it's good. So yeah, if you wanna if you wanna catch uh, the uh, galaxy a galaxy far far away stage show. You better get in there quickly because it finishes on February the twenty seventh. Yeah, that is that is not long. No, it's not long. By the time this episode drops, get your butts down there. It's yeah. pretty much uh, the message from yesterday. That's me. P Dubs, what have you got? Uh, I noticed that uh, Disney Parks have launched a new merchandise collection. Uh, one of these ones where they kind of just check out chuck everything at it, all different types of merchandiser and it's based on the Walt Disney Animation Studios so I'm guessing it's kind of in junction with the upcoming documentary the Income Paint documentary that they've got coming out on Disney Plus um so it is the Disney Income Paint collection um so so the art on it is kind of based on what it says uh, the animation of the studios um kind of some sketch drawings and then slowly fading into color as the as they're they're painted so starts with some simple things just like some aprons that you'd kind of do some art wearing um which i thought was kind of cool the the fad that seems to have come along the 12 days of socks um got one of those so different characters in in different coloring and and different stages of their their finished product um some very simple kitchenware 
you'd expect again just the the black and white and then the colored stuff um something that i spotted on there that i i might have to pick up is the penguins from mary poppins on a plate um which i quite like um then it gets into the more expensive stuff uh you've got an alex and annie bracelet uh, as part of it with uh fantasia mickey with sorcerer mickey on um and then moving into dooney and burke stuff uh magic band to start with and then four different bags um which obviously i'm not interested in but some of our female listeners might um and then just finishing off with a uh, water coloring book well you might fancy a, a little shopping bag neck i don't know I, um, you know I love a man bag. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, and then just a, a little water water coloring book as well as part of it for the for the kiddie winks and those adults that like to paint, I suppose. Yeah, I um, I, I like a, a coloring book actually, so I, I'd probably be interested in something like. Is this the first um, Dooney and Burke magic band? No, they've done a few. Wow. Um, I know they've done some for Flower and Garden, I think. Right. Um, over the years, I don't think they've done a food and wine one, but th- yeah, they've done a done a few different ones. Hmm. And they're going to be available at Walt Disney World, Disneyland, and once they're reopened, Hong Kong Disneyland and Shanghai Disneyland. Hmm. Oh yes, because obviously they're still still down at the moment. Yeah. Um, I've got to say, like, I, I've looked at the range and um, the Spirit jersey looks quite fun. It's a yeah. bit much even for me. The guy that's just bought bright pink trainers uh, thinks that that Spirit jersey is a little bit outlandish, but it's it's quite cool. Um, but I've got to say, I think the ears are really fun. Yeah, got the paintbrushes on them. Yeah, yeah, mainly mainly because of the paintbrushes, but... It's just a fun addition to ears. I think they've started to be a bit more um, creative with the ears recently and having kind of like extra bits on them to make them not just be a headband with two round circles on the sides. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those those ones with like, you know, two paintbrushes with some paint and a, an easel in the middle is, uh, is, is quite fun. So... Yeah, good. I, I didn't even know there was an Ink and Paint documentary coming out on Disney Plus, so that's exciting news for me. Yeah. Cool. Mm. Uh, Mr. D, anything more from yourself? Yeah, um, a couple of little things. Uh, Epcot, the um, you know the development there continues. Mm. Uh, so there's more, more closures. Um, a sort of personal kind of sad one is that Penn Central is uh, has gone. Uh, I think it shot on the 15th. Um, certainly spent quite a few happy hours, not just looking at the pins there, but that's where the pin traders would bring their books. So spent a bit of time there trading over the years. And then the electric umbrella is gone as well. And again, had a few good counter service meals in there. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to what's going to come next. But, yeah, that whole part of the part really is, uh, as we've said before, is just being completely gutted. So that continues. 
Hmm. And I still, uh, and pin related, um, I've got a very nice ink and paint department pin actually, which is one of my favourite pins. Am I am I right in thinking that the Ink and Paint Club was what the club was called in Who Framed Roger Rabbit? I think you're right, which would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, That's a good a, trivia question. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to have to watch uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Let's add that to, to uh, the W in our <laughs> alphabet. So, so the watching... end of next year. <laughs> yeah. 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 If, you, if you're, if you're, um, if you're wondering whether to join Patreon to listen to Disaster Dark review films, then uh, I'm enjoying now because you get to hear all the stuff that we've done already. But, you know, if you want to wait until next year, then maybe Who Framed Roger Rabbit will be our W film. Um, yeah. And luckily, Mr. D, it's called Who Framed Roger Rabbit, not The Who the Framed Roger, Rabbit. Roger Rabbit. Yes. We all know that confused people. <laughs> By the way, I'm most of the way through The Black Hole. Oh, good. Which is our next uh, endeavour under B. It is, yeah. So, <laughs> as our patrons will, will know... Um, already, because we told them uh, the next episode, Disaster Dark, we will be reviewing or giving our thoughts on the 1979 Disney classic, The Black Hole. Um, Hulk time Hulk will tell. Time will tell if we it's a classic yeah. or not. I gotta say, um, I tried to watch this a couple of years ago, and I'm, I'm, you know, this is just a little spoiler. This is a preview for the Patreon, but. I tried to watch it a couple of years ago and just got you switched it off after about 10 minutes. But now I'm probably 75% of the way in. And I'm, I'm su- surprising myself at just how much I'm actually enjoying it and how, how, many, how many things there are in it that are worth looking at, even if overall it isn't going to win any Oscars or any awards. So mm. more to come on that one. Oh, I'm excited. I wish we was recording sooner than where we are, but we're not. Yeah. And I haven't watched cast. it yet, so, yeah. No, a nice little preview. Yeah. yeah. Sticking with the Epcot theme, uh, did you guys see the new logo for the new nighttime show, Harmonious? I did not. Okay. It's another one of those ones that I saw pop up and never actually looked yeah. at. <laughs> hey, it's, it's not, you know... It's not that spectacular. It incorporates um, the sort of traditional kind of Epcot logo, but it's just another, I guess it's just another indication that that new show is is getting close. And uh, I'm definitely looking forward to watching some videos. That's one that I probably will do the spoiler thing on and watch watch the video because we don't have any plans to go back in 2020. So... I'd be interested to see what the new show is like and and how good it is. But uh, yeah, so they've they've just announced the new the new logo that goes with it. And the thing is, I've yet to like. It's very hard, I think, to capture on video a nighttime experience properly. Yeah, it is. And I mean, illumination was almost impossible mm-hmm. because of it being so like immersive. Yeah. There's so many Such things an to look at. expensive area, isn't it? Exactly. So I think, and I mean, happily ever after, 
you know, those shows where they kind of uh, focus more on the castle, they're they're easier, I suppose, to capture on video. Yeah. But you still, you can give yourself some spoilers, but being there and seeing it is a completely different experience to watching it back on video. It never, ever looks as good on video. Never. No. So I, I don't think spoiling nighttime shows is, is too bad, really. Yeah. For me, no, I, don't I, so. I don't think it's too bad, anyway. Yeah. Other people might disagree. Um, but yeah, I saw the logo they, they put out at D23 mm. last year, but yeah. I've not seen anything updated since then. So yeah, I'll keep an eye out. Mm-hmm. Okay, Mr. D. Else a chance. Mr. D. <laughs> we just said Mr. D. Mr. D. Abs. <laughs> Mr. D. Abs. <laughs> what you got, Paul? Uh, for our Disneyland listeners, uh, new meet and greet is about to start, starting at the Disneyland After Dark Pixar night um, on March the 5th and then continuing on Pixar Pier during regular hours from the next day. Uh, you'll be able to meet the stars of the new Pixar film onward. Uh, mm-hmm. Ian and Barley Lightfoot will be making their appearances in Disney's California Adventure from next yeah. month onwards. Very good. I mean, it's it's quite traditional, isn't it, for them to get, now at least, to, to get characters out in the parks almost as soon as the film comes out. Yeah. As a bit of cross-promotion. So that's, that's good. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen, speaking about Onward, that... Uh, in the UK, we're getting early previews on the 29th of February. Hmm. I hadn't, right. but that's interesting. Right. Hmm. I think it comes out the following weekend. I'm trying to remember what date it comes out, but I know it's the beginning of March. Um, yeah. But yeah, they're, they're having a special day. They were advertising it in my local cinema. So for, for 24 hours... I mean, it's just for 24 hours, but it's not. It's They're showing it about eight times. Um, so it's not for 24 hours. But you can go and see it uh, a bit early in like a, a preview screening. Um, it's uh, incredibly rude. My sister-in-law decided that was the day she wants to get married. I mean, That's, just yeah. how thoughtless, really. Thank you, sir. Yeah. She needs to get her priorities right. Well, the only the only... I'm trying to wrangle it because the wedding is not until I think about five o'clock and we're not really, my daughter is going to be a flower girl, Mm. which sounds like a really interesting superhero actually when you think about it. Um, But I don't think we have to get there too early. So I'm, I'm hoping I can just sneak out for the first screening at like nine o'clock or something, but I'll bet I'll be shut down. So yeah. we'll see. But uh, yeah, so if anyone in the UK uh, is around on the 29th of February, uh, or, it's, or it's free, you'll be around. You're not going to be dead. I hope you're not going to be dead. God, if you're dead, how you listen to this podcast? That'd be interesting. But if you are free on the 29th of February, you can go and see Onward a little bit early. So uh, there you go. And if you can't get to the pictures on 20th of February this year, you can always go on the 20th of February next year. That's true. Of course, 29th of February is always a good day to go, whatever year it yeah. is. Yeah. And the 30th of February. Maybe my possibly my favourite day to see a film is the 30th of February. Yeah. 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 And also it's a it's a good time to go because of course, as we know, um Disney parks are always closed on the 30th and 31st of February. 
I don't know why they do that. No. It's just crazy. They're just giving up money there. Absolutely. I, I, I yeah. think it's bizarre, but hey, we don't run Disney, I'm always right? busy that day. I'm always busy on the 30th of February watching my ass. I bet you are. I bet yeah, you are. it takes ages. Um, what did, did, you, did they show a picture of the characters, P-dubs? Yeah, they actually look really quite good. They've done a, done a good job with them, but I suppose it's a little bit easier with the... Uh, the animated characters than it is the the live action ones. <laughs> yeah, all right. So that's a Toy Story. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and Jessica Rabbit. <laughs> Jessica Rabbit. Oh, hubba dear. hubba. Please, I'm not that not version. Sh- <laughs> I'm still not sure. I'm still not sure about Onward. And I mean, I'll go and see it for sure, but I don't know. It doesn't look like a Pixar film to me. But there we go. Yeah. I, you I, know, hope my to be, I hope to be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, my, my daughter is obviously very excited because there's unicorns in it. Mm-hmm. She loves unicorns and fairies, so she's all in. But Pretty, I, uh, pretty aggressive unicorns. The unicorns are... Remember of the trailer. Very angry. Very angry yeah. unicorns. Yeah, they yeah. they are not your regular unicorns. No. Um, they're not so fluffy. No. No, they're a bit more scraggy, aren't they? Um, yeah, garbage eating like raccoons, trash pandas. Yeah, um, I yeah, I I think it it can really go one or two ways. I think it can be a really great film with a, a nice touching family story, or it might have a load of misfire jokes mm. and be a bit of a damp squib. I'm hoping, obviously, for the the former rather than the latter, but yeah. time will yeah, tell. But but not long, you know, uh, a few mm. weeks away for the first um, big Disney release of uh, of the year. Yeah, I'm just hoping Pixar find their feet again. Mm-hmm. I just think they've struggled uh, for a little while. Yeah, and we'll talk about that a little bit when we start looking at stuff outside of the parks. But uh, um, Mr. D, anything more from yourself? Uh, what else? I mean, there's a lot of little things going on. Um, we've talked about the Runaway Railway, and that's that's going to be soon. That's probably the next the next big thing, isn't it? Um, mm. Obviously, prices have gone up again. Well, yeah, that was that was the next thing I had to talk about. Actually, was the, was the price mm. increases. Um, we've seen price increases across both both parts, and there's been a lot of uh, anger from people about them as there always is um i just look i've got the prices in front of me for disney world actually i'm just looking at those now um platinum pass is now up to one two nine five um and the the platinum pass has gone up to one one nine five so they've both seen 76 dollar increases um gold Pass has uh, gone up to seven nineteen. Silver pass to five three nine, um, and they're twenty dollar increases on those. Um, theme park select is four three nine. Weekday select is three six nine. Uh, Epcot after four pass, never even heard of that. That's gone up fifteen dollars mm. to three nineteen. Florida resident, that's a Florida resident one, isn't it? Oh, I think so. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, an annual pass that costs one two nine five 
yes, it's expensive, but then you get a lot of, I think you get a lot of bang for your buck for those prices. Um, you know, that's entry to what, six parks? It's, uh, well, four four main parts and your two water parks. Yeah, okay, the water parks, yeah, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think it's it's that bad when you consider, you know, because obviously everyone always compares it to Universal's annual passes, which are very reasonable as well. But Disney World is much bigger. So there's that. And mm. a $76 increase, you know, that's effectively your contribution to Galaxy's Edge. Really, I suppose. I, I don't think it's I don't think it's a huge increase. And the thing is, as we've always said, Disney will charge what they want to charge until people stop buying it. So if a $76 increase really upsets you, don't buy it. Vote with your wallet. Hit them where it hurts. But they've got to pay for this stuff somewhere. You can't build all this new stuff. And, you know, it, it costs money to tear things down. It costs money to put things up. It costs money to run things. The money's going to come from somewhere. Of course, ticket prices are going to go up. I think the, I think the, the sort of, you know, concerning thing really is just it isn't just one price increase a year now. It's, it's two price increases a year. Mm-hmm. You know, it was only it was only about seven or eight months ago that they they put them up yeah. back in June, I think, last year. So this time you look at it and it's kind of six to seven, six around six percent, seven percent. So it's double inflation, and 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 then it was increased again last June. So it is becoming, you know, a really kind of exclusive holiday. And again, I think from a US point of view, you know, that's probably a higher level of tolerance because people tend to go for shorter periods. Mm. But from a UK perspective. Obviously, our tickets are different, but it used to be that if you if you went twice within a twelve month period, it was worth getting a, an annual pass. No, I don't think it is. No, I think it's probably more like three times in a twelve month period. So, so you you probably wouldn't buy an annual pass. You'd probably buy two UK ultimate tickets. Um, so things, you know, it's hey, it's just it's changing. It's it is increasing. It's, as you say, Nick, you know, it's it's because people are gone, that you know, the demand is there, so they're gonna charge what they can charge. Um I mean people are saying the parks have never been so busy, mm. aren't they? Like attendance seems to be up, the parks seem to be busier and busier, and it's harder to get reservations and it's taking people longer to queue up for things. Yeah. I, I suppose the thing that, that can the only thing that concerns me, and I think I mentioned it before, is just is the combination of things. So the fact that prices are really being pushed up and premiumized, but then at the same time, these other premium activities are being added as well, which then which then means that you don't actually get the value for money for from your regular ticket. That's what really would bother me, you know? If you go there and you've paid all that money 
And when you go on holiday, there's like Halloween parties or Christmas parties or special events and things like that. And you can't actually get access to the parks. You know, that's that's, that's what would tick me off. Yeah, and that's the problem I've come across at the moment is we're planning, we're going for Halloween. Mm-hmm. And it's working out what day I can actually get to see Happily Ever After. Yeah, we struggled. We struggled last year. I mean, literally, we pushed it right to the last night to see Happily Ever After just because of Christmas parties and then other things that we had on. And and the night that we went, everybody else had the same idea and it was an absolute zoo to use that word but it was it was just packed shoulder to shoulder and then you get the usual thing where everybody's got their iPads up or their phones up you can't see what the hell's going on and you know people put their kids on their shoulders just before the show starts it was it was really really busy and it was for that reason Mm. yeah and I, I would rather them cut that down I know it's very hard because they're very popular events. They make them a lot of money. People do plan their trips around that, but I don't know. I th- I think what annoys me with those things is they start so goddamn early. You know, Halloween parties in August. It just feels like an absolute cash grab. And no tickets one... are on sale in the UK already. And tickets <laughs> went on sale yesterday, I think. Yeah. For Mickey's wow. not scary. Yeah. So um yeah, but to me, it just it just feels like a, a cash grab, especially in summer. You know, those parts are really busy in summer. Mm. And that is the time when a lot of tourists, especially from the UK, are going. Because of I think, the school holidays. Yeah, I mean, I think your summer, it tends to be not as bad because you don't have, you know, unless you get right to the very end of the summer holidays. I mean, you've got to remember the American kids are going back sort of setting third week in August. Yeah. So part hours are longer and there's less refurbishments and you don't have like the festivals, you know, Flower and Wine, uh, Flower and Garden, Food and Wine, Mickey's Not So Scary, that sort of stuff is known. So it's almost it's almost reversing itself. It's almost like, you know, the best time to go is is during summer now. Um because it's so goddamn added, hot, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. They've added these other events, though, for, for other times in the year. So I, I, I suppose I'm not trying to moan about it. I'm just trying to say, be aware, you know, just just think about, find out, do your research, find out what's on, and just make sure that you can, that it suits you, you know, because you're paying a lot of money for it, more and more money every year. Mm. So make sure you can get the value out of it. Uh, yeah. It's still a fantastic holiday. But no, you're 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 spot on, and I do think that they should actually reduce ticket prices around that time. You know, why should you pay the same to get into the park one day as you do like another day when the park closes six hours early? Did you say reduce ticket prices? I thought we weren't allowed to swear on this podcast. <laughs> this was... <laughs> Look, we're only we're only swearing in in Disney terminology, right? Yeah, and in, in their heads, they have that as yeah. an expletive, right? That's that's us <laughs> taking off of the uh, the the press list that we're not on. So, what is this concept of reducing ticket prices? <laughs> hey, look, you know, people keep moaning <laughs> and actually do not buy annual passes. And they mm. and they see a decline in those, they'll have to reduce them. They'll have to yeah. find out what when this word happens. means. So yeah. just because they don't know what it means at the moment doesn't mean <laughs> they won't in the future. But uh, 
yeah, time, time, time will tell. Um, Fidos, is there anything else from you? Yeah, just one little story that I think our, our listeners might find of interest. It's nothing major. Um, Three Bridges Bar and Grill at Coronado Springs. Mr. D, you stayed there, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah. Um, they've introduced a new Sangria University experience. <laughs> Where, yeah. where they will teach you to make your own personalised sangria alongside uh-huh. the resident sangria sommeliers. Um, it's it's fairly expensive for what it is. It's for an hour. Yeah. It takes place on Saturday and Sundays and costs $45 per guest. Wow. For an hour to okay. make your drink. To make your own drink. Yeah. Not even to get someone to serve you. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just it just tickles me really. Again, you know, I'm not knocking it; it's fine. But it but it just kind of tickles me that you know, sangria is like, a, as far as I'm aware, it's like a sort of peasant drink. You know what I mean? It's like a simple drink. I know it's got wine in it, but but you know, when you put all the other stuff in it, it kind of wipes out any kind of connoisseur value. I think. Not that I'm a wine expert, I'm not, but I don't know. It's uh, I. Somebody's come up with it as an idea to make some money. It's fine. I'm sure it'll be good fun. I'm gonna, I'm just yeah. offended that somebody has a job title which is Sangria Somali. Uh, Somali. Yeah, that word. Yeah, it's it's a bit like a you know Cherry Pepsi Max Somali. You know. Yeah, and I mean the thing is, I know that they they have water Somali. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like I know that it's not a unique concept. There's just something though about one being specific for sangria that just I know there is a thing about just like this I don't know if you'd call it premiumization but just there's a there's a point where it just starts to get a bit nuts and you forget actually the thing that you're trying to premiumize that it isn't really a premium product in the first place but hey whatever Mm. good luck to them but the three three bridges is fantastic uh location it's great great bar um, and it's got an interesting menu, but a kind of strange menu, really. More a sort of, well, I don't know, sort of sophisticated bar food, snacky type food. Uh, but some nice things on there. Hmm. We did not eat there, I have to say, but we were tempted. We just had other reservations. There's no reason why we didn't eat there. Hmm. I wonder if anyone has. Get in touch. Just to hear if the food is any good. Um Funny enough, P-Dubs, when you mentioned earlier about, oh, when you started earlier and said about Disneyland and meat, yeah. I thought you was going to talk about the uh, the expanded plant-based options that Disneyland are introducing across the park. Um, but I'm not going to go into that because that's fairly niche. But if you're vegan um, and if, you're in, if you live in LA, you probably are, um, there's going to be more food options for you. So that's good for you in, in Disneyland. But... Um, one thing that's come up, and I'm I'm not going to talk long about it because it, it is something that you could really go to town with, but we want to get on to the next segment, is that um, the uh, Disney Disney World were back in court about uh, a lawsuit, lawsuit regarding the, uh, the DAP, Disability Access Pass. There's uh, about 60 families involved in this lawsuit that I could see. Um, and this is because of when they changed it in 2013. 
uh, and how for, for many people it changed for the worse rather than better. Um, and it's pertinent to me, obviously, because it's um, really the, the people that it's kind of affecting is those with uh, autism and uh, other developmental disabilities rather than uh, physical ones because of how that past worked previously and now it's called kind of all one tier what so so so, so two reasons why it's been up first of all to discuss it secondly is because um i'm still trying to get somebody on with a background in on this that um can talk to me about this because this is obviously something that's going to be interesting to me the next time i go um having a child with um with autism so, uh, you know, I want to see how the past works for them. I've been talking to someone about it and he's he's got nothing but good things to say about it. Um, so it's interesting you've got this lawsuit where it's kind of saying the, the opposite because his son is very similar to how mine is, just a bit older. Um, but for me, and this is where I struggle to understand the whole thing with the DAP, you know, the reason they changed it was because the system was being abused. And a system is abused because under law, they can't ask you to prove you're disabled. Now, we have very similar schemes at Disneyland Paris. I don't know about the Asia parks, but I'm assuming that they have something in place as well. But in Disneyland Paris, you have to actually have evidence of the disability that you have. And I don't think that's a bad thing. But yeah, so in Disneyland Paris, you, you have to um, have evidence of your disability. And I accept things like uh, Blue Badge. Do, do they have Blue Badge in America? Yeah, because um, you can apply for, yeah. a, for a temporary one. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure, yeah. yeah okay, cool. Um, so in you know, Disneyland Paris, if you've got a Blue Badge, you know, you're encouraged to take that. Um, they will accept... Uh, letters from um either like your council or uh, a doctor that describe what your disability is and you know your limitations thereof and they will give you a pass accordingly and they have two different levels of pass depending on if it's a permanent disability or a temporary disability uh, because you know you might have just broken your leg or something like that um so that's what they do i, I just can't fathom why they can't do that in america yes i understand that that's the law Laws can be changed. And I don't know how you can enforce this thing properly without being able to prove that you've got a disability. Mm. I, just, I just find it odd why... Because, I mean, yeah. the thing is, they're not asking you to shout it out in front of a group of people. You know... You, in Disneyland Paris, you have to take it to a specific place and they say, right, can we have your paperwork? You give them whatever paperwork you've got. They check it over and go, okay, that allows you to have this pass, which means that you can do these attractions and they tick off what you, you can't do, you know. And then when you go to go on a ride, you just show your pass, they look at it, they know what you can and can't do and then on you go kind of thing. I, I just don't understand why they can't do the same there because the reason for the change in the first place was because you can just say i'm disabled and they will go here's a pass so surely it would make more sense if they just 
were able to change the criteria of being able to issue it? Or am I missing something? I don't think so. Yeah. I completely agree. I think the Disneyland Paris one works particularly well. Mm. I, we used it a while back. Lisa was pregnant at the time. And um, we used the, I think it's the orange pass. That's right, yeah. To be able to get to the front of the queue so she didn't have to queue. And yeah. it worked really well. We just took a letter from the doctor saying what the issue was and away we went. Yeah, um, we, we got the same when Lindsay was pregnant and she just had to, she had a, her book with her that you obviously need to carry around with yeah. you. Um, when you're pregnant in case anything happens and she just showed that and they said yep here you go here's your pass and and that was it um, you know obviously there's not loads of attractions you can go on with one of those passes but um, it just meant that the thing that she worked she was able to go on it was easier for her to to be able to go on and that's it I, yeah I don't I don't know I don't, I don't know how the court case is going to go um, I don't know depending on the outcome if Disney are going to make any further changes to to the pass. Um, I do think the pass did, you know, in in terms of the court case and what these people, the, the issues that people have got with it. Um, I, I think the pass might have worked better beforehand, but I think the changes were trying to do, deter people from applying for one that didn't actually need it and saw it just as you know a way to jump the queues, and that's not. That's not what this is designed for. You know, this is... And, and you know, we, we've talked about disabled access on this show before, but, you know, it's not designed to be a, a Infinity Fast Pass, right? This is trying to make sure that you get the most of your holiday. Because when you go on a holiday with somebody that has a disability, you cannot do the same things that other people can do. And it annoys me when people have that attitude of it is just a way of you jumping the, the, the queue because you don't have to deal with things that come with the disability. And, and that's what annoys me about how it's, it's viewed. But if there's no rules as to who can actually just ask for one, then it is going to be abused. And it's going to stop the people that really need the pass to be able to even use it properly. So it's interesting. I said, you know, I'm going to try and get somebody on soon to to give me their views on on how it works in the parts and you know share their own experiences, and that will hopefully be coming up on a on a future show. But uh, just because it was happening at the moment, I thought um, we should mention it and mm. be interesting to see. I mean, court cases like these can go on for years, right? Yeah, this isn't a new court case. Um, I don't know how long this court case is going to go. Um, yeah, it's uh, 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 there's one going against Disneyland as well. That's on the thirty first of March. Um, that might be cancelled. That's just one case. It looks like uh, it's been sent to mediation, so that might not actually get to court. But um, yeah, keep an eye on it and, you know, fill you in once we, we know what happens with that case. But, yeah, just wanted to mention that. Um, 
anyway, um, I don't know about you guys, but I'm a bit tired of talking about stuff in the past. Some weeks you've got nothing to talk about. Other weeks, it's almost hard to stop. But I think we should really stop and have a look at uh, what's going on outside of the parks. Hello, this is Wendy Prater with Magical Journeys Travel, proud sponsor of the Disney Parks and Beyond podcast. It's never too early to start planning your Disney vacation. Still need to book that summer trip? It's not too late. Contact me for a free, no-obligation quote and find out how I can help take the stress out of all your planning. Contact me at Wendy Prater at MagicalJourneysTravel.com. I make the plans, you make the memories. Right, so we talked about this on Diz After Dark, but for those of you that don't still listen to Diz After Dark, we just had the Oscars the other week, and uh, I think to, to certainly to my surprise and slight disgust, um, Toy Story 4 won the award for Best Animated Feature Film. Uh, it beat out How to Train Your Dragon in the Hidden World, I lost my body, claws, and the missing link to to win the Oscar. Um, I had said leading up to the Oscars that of that category, I thought it was a two horse race between How to Train Your Dragon and Claws, mainly because I hadn't seen I Lost My Body. Um, but I didn't even think Toy Story Four was was the best Pixar or Disney film released uh, in 2020, so I was a bit surprised it was it was even there, and then to win it even more bizarrely. So, um, have have you both seen Toy Story Four now? I haven't. You still? Haven't? Yeah, I have. Yeah. No. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not it's not awful, is it, Mister D? No, I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I think it's really good. I, I loved the original trilogy. Everybody was worried that they'd mess it up. I don't think they did mess it up at all. Uh, I suppose the only thing from an from an Oscar point of view is, you know, what are you rewarding there that that hasn't been recognised before? You know, so uh, I, unfortunately, I haven't seen some of the other candidates so i don't know really what the competition was like um but toy story 4 was definitely a good film i thought hmm. oh yeah i mean that, that's the thing I, I didn't think it was an awful film um by any stretch I, I wasn't taken with it on the first watch when i watched it again i enjoyed it more i was Mm-mm. i'd lost the inhibitions uh the concerns going into it so i was able yeah. to just watch it as a as a film um yeah and yeah i, I enjoyed it and there, there are lots of good things in it um there's some great new characters that are introduced into it the yeah. animation is is obviously even crisper than it was in, in yeah. toy story 3 yeah um, sure but you know claws is a really beautiful looking film um mm-hmm. how to train your dragon really beautiful looking film really love the st- like both of those films you know have really good stories as well um toy story 4 just just felt like the safe option it almost felt like they voted for the film they'd all watched rather than actually comparing mm. against those others because I think it was the most vanilla out of that category. Um, yeah. So, yeah, there's nothing wrong with it at all. It's just that I, I was just very surprised that it, it won. It had very stiff competition, Yeah, in my opinion. Um, but the, the only other kind of surprise for Disney was... Um, the fact that Frozen 2 didn't get best original song. Mm. Um, I 
I wonder how Disney have reacted to that because obviously Frozen was this huge unexpected hit. Um, you know, it, it was famous for its songs and everything like that. It won the Oscar for the film. Um, I wonder if they see it as a bit of a disappointment that not only did it not get nominated for the animated film, but also it lost out for the best original song as well. Hmm. Yeah, well, I think Disney not. just had to. Well, I don't think they're that bored. I think they just had to let it go. Hey, <laughs> I see. Uh, Sorry, I couldn't resist that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm not crying too much because it's the biggest animated film of all time now, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think that probably concerns them more. But um, yeah, yeah. For just... what was a blockbuster year for Disney? It did seem like a bit of a damp squid for awards season. Yeah, they didn't really win much, did they? Really, no. um, considering no. that they were the biggest. And I suppose that is the argument between what's popular and what's artistically merited isn't it that disney had the biggest year on record that it broke all these awards with uh, sorry broke all these records with things like uh endgame uh, and toy story and frozen 2 mm-hmm. and the lion king obviously i mean it, it did give me great pleasure that lion king walked away with naffle mm-hmm. you know um, because I've, I've got a big distaste for that film. But, um, yeah, you would have thought that they'd have probably done better. I'm, sur- I'm, I'm surprised Endgame didn't get anything for visual effects. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a, I think, a shame because no matter which way you look at it, that's a, a film that, you know, had a lot of time spent on it to make it look as good as it did. Um, yeah, I thought it might have got the Lord of the Rings effect. Mm. That it kind of came to the end and then... Yeah, all those those awards for the Return of the King just based on the whole trilogy rather than just the one film. Mm. Yeah. Facts about me, number eighty-seven. Still haven't seen the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy. What? I tapped out. I tapped out the second one. Yeah. Oh no. I'm I'm not big into those kind of films anyway, or or that kind of uh, timeline. So it's why I don't bother with things like Game of Thrones. It's just not really my bag, but. Um, I just found those films so long, so so long. But there you go. And yeah, I'm, well, actually, no. I was going to say I managed the Matrix. No, I didn't. I tapped out of the second Matrix as well. <laughs> so there's another trilogy that's never finished. I've never seen the last episode of Friends. So in my timeline, Friends has never ended because there was never a final episode. Um, yeah, I'm a weird person. You didn't know that already. You do now. Um, right. So, so moving away from that, um, going back to what you were talking about, P Dubs. Have you seen that Pixar is being sued by a tattoo artist? No. <laughs> I thought you'd be all over this story. No. Um, right. So, <laughs> what it comes down to is the the van. That oh yes, I did say it. The lead character's driver's yeah. got a, a unicorn on it and um they've stolen it. So what it looks like is Pixar rented hang on, is this her name? Hang on, before I say this, I've got to double check that this is this is her name. Oh no, it is. <laughs> right, so Pixar rented 
Sweet Sicily Deniers van. <laughs> Emblazoned with the unicorn for a company event in 2018 as a visual prop. And the van showed up in the trailer months later. Um, interestingly, the yes. film's producer called her in mid-2019 to apologise. Mm. She also says in her complaint that Corey Ray, the producer, admitted the studio intentionally didn't inform her that a van was to be used as inspiration for Onward because they couldn't have her sign a non-disclosure agreement since there was no working movie title at the time. This sounds very odd, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, the 1972 Chevrolet G10 van called Vanicorn is is uh, blamed. Um, I've got an image here of... Um, I'll see if I can add it to the Facebook group of the van and uh, the van in the film and the van in real life. Uh, Vanicorn. Must give it its correct title. Um, I mean, they're both fans. Check. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, both similar kind of shape. Yep. Um, both have unicorns on them. Check. Uh, one's got a moon on it. One's got a star on it. One's got lightning. One doesn't. I mean, I would argue. I know we're now talking about fancy animals, but it's it's clear on on her van it's a unicorn. I would argue on the Pixar, the van using onward is is actually a Pegasus because it's got wings, and I can't see a horn. Um, I I, I don't think this is going to. I can see this being settled out cool. I don't think there's enough proof here that this is actually... <laughs> this is such a weird story. <laughs> this will yeah. make you laugh the opposite way. I swear, there's there's a uh, tattoo parlour maybe half a mile up the road from where I live called Monsters Inked. Oh, God. <laughs> with okay. a picture of Mike Wazowski with tattoo slaves on his arms. Oh, dear. Oh dear, oh dear. Yeah. I can't be happy with that, surely. <laughs> well, that's what, what I always say every time we go past it. I'm like, surely if Disney knew about that thing, no I mean, chance that would still be there. I mean, I, I obviously sent you all um, an image of me standing outside the Yak, Yak and Yeti in South End. Yeah. Which is not the same. Um, <laughs> but then doesn't look the same either. And what's that? Is there a is there a fish and chip shop called Frying Nemo? Yeah. So I mean, puns can work, but I think you've got to be careful a little bit, haven't you? Still think my favourite fish and chip shop or a set of fish and chip shops is the Codfather and the Codfather Two. Oh yeah, they've got they've got a Codfather in Horsham. There's never yeah. a Codfather Part Three, though, is there? <laughs> no. Surprisingly. <laughs> no, it never quite gets that far. No. No, 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 no. Um, yeah, it's it, it's an interesting one. I I just don't think that there's enough uh, evidence. I'm just sending you over the picture actually now. Um, I don't think there's enough evidence. It, you know, it's similar, but I'm sure they'll just spin it off as being, um, you know, 
similar ideas or something you know yeah i think there's enough differences for it to be just paid off handsomely outside of court but there you go um anyway it's one of the more bizarre stories i've covered on here recently so let's go to uh to something else and i know this one p-dubs is is going to be right up your alley because if there's one thing that i know that you love that disney do <laughs> it's live action remakes huge <laughs> fan right yeah i absolutely love them <laughs> actually speaking of which i noticed the other day that you finally saw mary poppins returns no i, I saw it we went to the cinema i did i, I didn't yeah, think no, did. no we went <sighs> no what well, i saw at the weekend that's a whole nother story oh no i know i know it's <laughs> on the weekend yeah but uh, I, I didn't realize for some reason i thought you avoided it at the cinema no we so. went because someone wanted to say it okay Okay. we'll talk about that in a little bit um but there seems to be like a whole heap of news that's been dumped on us this week with live action disney films so the first one is actually a sequel sequel after um after kind of mm, lots of rumors flying about for quite a while um they announced that they are indeed now pushing forward with a sequel to aladdin which is not going to be based off of uh, Return of Jafar. No, it's going to be Aladdin to Electric mm. Boogaloo. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> That's Will Smith's new single. <laughs> That'll be the lead single too. for it, will it? Um, it this, is, this is interesting because um, I really like live-action Aladdin. Yeah, it's good. My favourite live-action by quite a margin. Yeah, I think it was one of the best ones. Yeah. But... You know, spoiler alert for a almost thirty-year-old film. At the end of the film, Genie's no longer a genie. And can you see, Mister D, they're making an Aladdin sequel without Will Smith? Uh, it would seem a bit odd, wouldn't it? Mm. Unless it's a direct to Disney Plus dude. To be honest, even if even if it was a direct to Disney Plus release, I still don't think they'd take out one of the more popular elements of that film. Yeah, you wouldn't think so. No. So um, it'll be it'll be interesting. It doesn't say if it's earmarked for cinema or Disney Plus. I mean, they're one and the same, aren't they, really? Yeah. It's going to end up on Disney Plus soon afterwards anyway. Yeah. Um, it does say they hope to bring back the original cast. Yeah, there we go. Um, although offers won't be extended to the cast until the script is ready. Um. It does say they think it will be a theatrical release, not a Disney Plus title. Okay. Um, but that it's not going to be based on any sequel they've done before because they did... Was there two Aladdin spin-offs? Yeah. There was Return yeah, to Fire, was, wasn't yeah. there? And yeah. then It's probably was, on Disney Live. Let's have a look. Yeah. There was, was another it, one. Thought, was it Forty Thieves? Uh, I've done Ring a Bell. But I'm sure there was another one. King of Thieves, was it? Oh, yeah. that that would make more sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I never I never saw either of the sequels. Uh, I, I think, think we had Return of Jafar. Because the because Return to the Far Return to the Far Return of Jafar was where they got Dan Castellanta in, didn't they? Because it was when yeah. Robin Williams fell out with Disney, and then I think Robin Williams was back through the third one. Right. I think I could be wrong on that. Yeah, there we go. 
Okay, I see. But yeah, so I mean, it's you know, I I don't mind that. I'm I'm actually not too upset about that because I said I I liked it, so it, it's one that I I would be quite happy to. But the one that is really confusing to me is that they're looking into doing a live action Rapunzel movie. Now, Rapunzel is not the same as Tangled. Tangled stars Rapunzel, but it's a different take, isn't it, on the on the Rapunzel story? So, uh, I don't know. I mean, it says they're not even sure if it's going to be based on Tangled or not. Uh, and people would be delighted to know that Ashley Powell, who wrote the scripts for the Nut- Nutcracker in the Four Realms, is going to be writing the script for this one. Wonderful. I, I can't say too much. I never saw Nutcracker. My daughter liked it. My wife thought it was okay. So, you know, maybe it's not awful. But, yeah. Um, I mean, Tangled, I think, is one of the more underrated Disney films of the last decade. Yeah, and it's definitely found some popularity further on. At the time, it wasn't mm-hmm. a, a massive hit. No. Yeah. No, I remember seeing it opening weekend and thought, oh, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's all right. It's not too bad. But as time's gone on, it's one of the ones that I felt is actually a lot more watchable, re-watchable, um, than some of the others that, that came after it. Um, I think Princess and the Frog actually is quite underrated as well. Yeah, that's pretty good. But Rapunzel, it's got a really nice blend of comedy uh, and, and some good songs. And as you say, P-Dubs, it's it's kind of spawned a second life. Yeah. Thanks to like the, um, the spin-off short. And then we got the, uh, the TV series, which is kind of, kind of like a sequel anyway, wasn't it to the film? Yeah. Um, I didn't like how they gave Rapunzel her hair back so quickly, mind you. No. Yeah. In Frozen, she didn't. Well, that's, that's because technically it wasn't her. Oh, it's them. I mean, I mean, well, no, I mean, it's clearly them. But, you know, is it just that they reused the models or was that supposed to be an Easter egg that tied in the stories? That's the question. That's the, the question we'll never have an official answer to. And so that's it, the problem for, for Tangled, is that it, everything in the last decade has been overshadowed by Frozen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it was such a big hit. Yeah, I I agree. Um, but yeah, I think as time's gone on, my daughter's probably rewatched Tangled more than than Frozen. Like she used to love Frozen, she still does. She watched Frozen two again yesterday. Um, and there are bits of that film that she really likes, but she, like, Tangled is one that she'll happily watch over and over. Frozen seems to be a bit, a bit more occasional nowadays. Um, but yeah, I'm not against them doing a new film of Rapunzel but it just doesn't seem that far removed from Tangled and I think the Tangled animated series is ending this year yeah so you know that's still fresh in the mind as well I just think it's I think it's too soon I think it's too soon and there are you know why not do uh, I was going to say Sleeping Beauty and realise I'd done that one um, but like Snow White yeah they could do Snow White. Um, 
they're doing the Little Mermaid, I suppose. That one's already kind of ticked off. Mm-hmm. Go and do a live action Robin Hood. How about that? Yeah. That surprised me that they haven't. Yeah. Do that. Have some talking animals in it. That'll work really well for Jungle Book and Lion King. Go and do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So there you go. But I knew, I knew you'd be really excited to talk about it, Peter. up so yeah. I just wanted to bring that up. Very excited. Yeah. Cannot wait. <laughs> You'll have to wait a little bit because it's only just been announced as being in uh, in you know pre-production, so or, or not even that far ahead, um, you know. So you, you've got a while to uh, to go. Um, did you have you heard about uh, Godmothered? Yes. I only just found out about this. Why? No, I can take a guess. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you why. It's because it's just started filming. They've actually started work on it. This is going to be a Disney Plus film, though. Yeah. Um, it kind of, in a way, it kind of sounds a little bit like Cinderella mixed with Enchanted. Yeah. I think I think that might be where they're going down the road of it, but it's in a world where we have fairy godmothers and um, they suddenly feel they're not necessary anymore. And you know, kind of like these remakes. <laughs> mm. Again, I knock it up, you chip it in. Um, so with this, uh, it's about a young and unskilled fairy godmother that ventures out on her own to prove her worth by tracking down a young girl whose request for help was ignored. And what she discovers is the girl has now become a grown woman in need of something very different than a prince charming. The reason why I'm kind of interested in this is because it's going to be a comedy. So it could be quite interesting. But um, I like the leads. So the young, up-and-coming fairy godmother is going to be uh, Gillian Bell. And uh, the person that she's going to try and help out is uh, Isla Fisher. Isla Fisher. And I like both of them. So it might be all right. And it's not a remake. No. So there's that. I mean, Jesus, how? What other boxes do I have to tick for you, P. Dubs, to get excited? <laughs> really? Uh, I'm sure I'll give it a watch because it's going to be on Disney Plus. So yeah. I'll give it a go. I think we're we're going to kind of try everything as it as it comes. Um. But yeah. As you say, at least it isn't a remake, and they are trying something new, I suppose, with with existing characters as such. Yeah, it's going to have that inspiration. I, I'm assuming that there'll probably be some nod backs to to like things like the fairy godmother from Cinderella. Um, that kind of. I'd, I'd like to see um, similar costumes. Yeah, that'd be quite nice. Nice little throwback, but I don't know. Um, no Helena Bottom Carter in this one, though, from what I can tell. So, I still haven't seen the live action Cinderella. No. Just never really uh, appealed. Should do, really. I think I've seen bits of it. I think it was on TV. Oh, well, yeah, I definitely caught bits of it. I definitely caught bits. What did you think of it, Mr. Day? Uh, it was a while ago because I saw it in the cinema. So, it was a good few years ago now. But, um, I thought it was okay. 
I think. I thought, you know, it was it was watchable, entertaining, um, but forgettable. Nothing, nothing special. Mm. And that must have been one of the first live it actions, was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was the yeah. It it was the first time they decided to do live action. Yeah. I mean, Maleficent. I'm sure Maleficent came after Cinderella. But I don't really consider that a live action remake of Sleeping Beauty because it's a different story involving the same characters. Yeah. So yeah. but Cinderella mm. was the first live action. Right. Well, the first since 101 Dalmatians. Yeah. That really was the first one, wasn't it? But that was kind of siloed on its own. Mm. There was nothing else for uh, another decade or so after that. Yeah. And then some. Um but yeah, it's good to see Disney. Uh, plus content coming out um yeah. and speaking of disney plus uh in the uk we, we're getting it on the 24th of march they've announced the prices for it it's it's going to be very similar price to how it is in the us is it, is it 5.99 in the us or 7.99 mm, it might be somewhere in the middle it might be 6.99 i'm sure i looked at it and <laughs> It was it varied. It was about twenty p difference. We're paying about twenty p more, right? Than yeah. they are. I can't remember. I had an iTunes card and I just paid for it using an iTunes card, so I don't know what I was paying. But um, yeah, so in the UK, it's going to be five ninety nine or fifty nine ninety nine for a year. So again, they're doing a similar deal to what we get in the US. Um, what was interesting though, because they they answered a load of questions yesterday. They they announced the world their social media interactions in the UK. So they launched a face, Facebook gr- uh, group, uh, Facebook page and uh, Twitter handle, um, Twitter account. And they spent yesterday, day of launch, um, answering a load of questions about the new service. The most, interest, the most interesting one for me was about the Mandalorian. Yeah. It is going to be ready to stream from the 24th of March. Good news. Bad news is they're going to roll it out an episode a week. So bearing in mind that the UK has had to wait four months after it launched in the US, just over four months, they're going to roll it out weekly. Hmm. I just think it's madness. I don't get it. When you've waited that long for something to be release to the UK that you're going to then make people wait like that there's also a rumour going around that we aren't getting the Simpsons interesting they launched there's like a a little video where it goes through kind of some logos of what's going to be included and in mainland Europe some of them has the Simpsons donut on it ours doesn't Mm. that is interesting because I mean Simpsons is has been exclusive to Sky since 1990 yeah and in the UK we also have it on terrestrial TV on channel yeah. 4 and they have the rights to it now um, so there are a lot of TV deals in the UK well not a lot of TV deals but what I mean is probably complicated TV deals in the UK for the Simpsons um so that that's interesting. That is very interesting. Hmm. So what you're saying is is that we're going to get a subpar service compared to our American friends. 
by the sound of it, yeah. It, it, funny enough, actually, they didn't, there was no question answered about The Simpsons yesterday, but there was something on there that basically said something along the lines of that, uh, you know, we should get things at a similar time to other countries. Hmm. And I read that as we're not going to get everything where we should do. Yeah. So I thought that was quite interesting as well. So I wonder if we are going to get like Disney Plus Lite where, you know, things like the films still take longer to get on the service than they do in America. I would imagine so. I imagine there's still deals in place for certain things. Yeah, isn't isn't the Lion King coming onto Disney Plus very soon in America? I think it's already on there. I know Aladdin is. Yeah. But no, I think Lion King wasn't long ago. Right. Like only I mean, a couple of weeks ago. Right. Because I mean Disney Life is very behind. You know, we, we talked about this previously, like Moana was the last film they they launched on Disney yeah. Life. And that's obviously three years old. Three years old? Four years old? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That must be at least. Yeah. Alice Through the Looking Glass is the latest one on Disney Life. <laughs> now. Why let that be the last film? What a, what a sad way to go out. That film is an absolute hot mess. I don't think it could be as bad as it was and then I watched it. Um, yeah, so that will be very frustrating. However, I suppose as long as you're paying for it, you could probably VPN. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I want to encourage such things, but I'm sure there's ways to access um, other versions of Disney uh, Disney Plus is what I'm saying. As long as you're paying for it. I'm sure you can't get into too much trouble. Um, but yeah, it'd be disappointing if we do get a subpar service if we're paying the same price. So, as long as I get season two of The Mandalorian at the same time as America, I'll be happy. Yeah. Mostly. Um, but that's what I had from outside of the parts. Was there anything that you guys had you wanted to add? Uh, I've got one little bit. Um, well, you don't need to tell us about that. <laughs> oh, sorry, you meant a story. <laughs> sorry, right, okay. Disney Cruise Line has entered a into a partnership with, with the Eleuthera Chamber of Commerce and the Access Accelerator Small Business Development Center, um, and they'll be donating uh, more than a million dollars over the next three years to help Prepare small and startup businesses for involvement in development product projects um, in the Caribbean, uh, including the the new island, the Disney's Lighthouse Point. Mm. Um, so they're they're helping to grow these islands into sustainable businesses um, that will help, obviously not just the islands but the cruise line itself once they start visiting these these areas. Hmm. Mm. I mean, that sounds like a really, really lovely initiative. <laughs> yeah. The cynic in me thinks it's a bit of a PR stunt. Yeah, I think it is as well. Mm. So, Especially when you see that contained in the agreement um, means that Disney have done this because they've got things that they want to build. Yeah. Hang on, are you suggesting that some of this development that they're investing could be used for further developments on these islands that's going to benefit them? <laughs> well, I may be. Hmm. Personally, 
Well, I don't want to be too cynical, but <laughs> Let, let's pretend it's all sunshine and rainbows, right? And it's good news, yeah. but yeah. Mm. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I really hope it is. I really hope it is because I, I don't like the idea of them kind of coming in and being able to do what they can do because of who they are without giving something back. So, you know, I do hope it's, it's a positive uh, event for people that are, are on those islands. Hey, maybe they could build a big bridge. Between them? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, I mean, I mean, I don't know if Boris Johnson's involved in this at all, but, you know, he likes to build bridges across stuff. Anyway, far too much politics. Far too much politics. Um, Mr. D, was there anything from you before we go? No, nothing. Nothing that really uh, caught my eye. Fair enough. I think um, for those in our Facebook group, Craig has been taking photos of um, filming locations of um, Enchanted. And he's time in New York. So if you want to play, spot the scene from the film, then uh, have a look in the Facebook group and uh, you can look for his photos there if you want to do that. Um, otherwise, I'll, I think I'll wrap up. Um, so thank you very much, gents, for joining us. There will be a new Universal After Dark next week where I believe myself and Amanda will be looking at the Aventura Hotel. Did a bit of a deep dive on that, so look out for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there'll be a new Dis After Dark in March, which will be... Um, hang on, will it be March? Uh, yes, it will be March. Yeah. Yeah. This month's flown by so quickly I don't where I am. Mm. Um, which will be the black hole. So look out for that Patreons and thank you very mm. much for supporting us. And um that's it from us. We will see you in another couple of weeks for another episode. Cheerio bye now. Cheerio. This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast Network. Is everyone still there? Yeah. Yep, still here. Good. No, so, <laughs> it's so quiet. So I was like, oh. is that because is that because I'm talking something interesting, or is that because everyone's gone? Um,